Okay, so this is casual, but I just thought that we should probably have something where we talk about what's on everyone's mind right now. Yeah. Which is a major lifestyle change for many of us. Some of us not as much than others, but you know, I thought that I would just jump in with a whole bunch of misinformation and throw it at you so that you guys can correct it and tell everyone what they should really know. Hold on, I'm gonna pull up the CDC if we're getting tested. Yeah. <laughs> the CDC website. Uh, I yeah. was just getting my highly reliable information from Instagram, but yeah. Oh, no, no. I have Ooh. That's anyway, good. That's good though. New York Times is updating live. I'm like, okay, so we're gonna, we'll be somewhere All right. under here. Yeah. Okay. So before we, we really talk about like on a more global scale or even like on a countrywide scale, uh, what's going on is affecting everyone. I think it'll be good if we came at it from like a, this is my situation and here's how it's changing because of what's happening. Yeah. So, so Eve, go first. Sure. What, sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can I, can we, I'm totally being, uh, taking over the, the, should we introduce ourselves first? So okay. today with me is... <laughs> My name is Eve Krebuchet. I'm the executive director of Take This, a mental health organization serving the uh, game industry and the game enthusiast community. My name is Marie Shanley, better known as Anxiety. I am a mental health talk show host and ambassador for Take This and uh, qualified in very few forms other than being a staunch advocate and having lived experience. Excellent. Those are important qualifications. Yes. And as you all know, I call them qualifications. Oh, koala. Okay, yeah. We're done. <laughs> that's the street. That's the whole. Okay, so we're going to talk about our own situations and what they were like point A and what they're going to be like at point B so that we can epitomize us three people, the entirety of the world, and, you know, have some perspectives that might touch on some people's experiences that are going to be upcoming. Sure. So I believe he's going first. Okay. Um, so um, as executive director of Take This, I work from home. And uh, I have done that. We are a fully, fully distributed organization. So I've done that for the entirety of my time at Take This. I also, um, my husband also works from home. He also is, um, he's CEO of a, of a fully distributed game studio. Um, so we are insulated more than others because we already were in this situation where we didn't have to leave uh, on a daily basis. Um, we have a nine-year-old daughter. Um, and because we live in Kirkland, Washington, which is uh, the epicenter of the <laughs> um, of the the, the uh, U.S. epidemic. We have been uh, practicing some level of social distancing for a few weeks, and Arya's school was just closed for six weeks. So um, on Wednesday afternoon, her uh, her district, which had been holding the line uh, pretty consistently, they had you know they had removed all. They'd stopped letting volunteers go into the school. They'd stopped all activities. They'd stopped all extracurriculars. But they were still holding class because they felt like they wanted to keep kids in school as long as possible, keep them actually contained, and provide the child care and, um, and meals that so many people need. Um, but then 
on Wednesday, our governor announced new social distancing requirements, banning large gatherings, et cetera, and the school district, the Seattle School District and the Lake Washington School District, which we're part of, um, immediately uh, announced closures. And um, we had hoped that there was gonna be some sort of online learning and that hasn't materialized yet. We don't know if it's going to, we don't know what the, it's gonna look like. So we have been left kind of high and dry with a kiddo, a third grader home for six weeks. Yeah, okay, so you've gotten ahead of this then. You're really like the future of all of our experience. We are the future. Although this is the same day that our closures were announced, like my, my sister who's a uh, student teaching in Somerville, Massachusetts, she got, she, her schools were closed for two weeks. You know, this is like, it's ha snowballing rather quickly. And then, um, you know, of course, I have my parents and my in-laws are both um, in risk categories just because of their age. And my father's undergoing chemo right now. So he's in a major risk category. He's over 70 and he has, um, and he's immunocompromised. And so uh, those are really uh, scary things. And, um, you know, at one point we had considered sending my, my daughter to, um, be with her grandparents and, and that's off the table now because we don't want to be a potential carrier into those places. Um, and, uh, you know, basically uh, now it's like, thank God for video chat, right? My, my parents both live in, in Northern Vermont. Internet's not great there. We're doing what we can, but um, they're trying to stay as isolated as possible. Um, it's a, uh, it's a tough situation. We have a kid. So, um, she can't be totally isolated or we'll all lose our minds. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a non, that's a non-clinical term. <laughs> she said it. <laughs> it is a real term. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to stay, um, really conscious of having a small group of people that we interact with, but maintaining that. Our neighbor just came to the door a few, an hour ago with some books for Aria and oh. to say that her college age kids are both on their way home mm -hmm. because their colleges have been classes have either have been um moved to all online and you know we said well maybe maybe if they get bored they're interested in helping aria with a class or something you know and my oh. neighbor has offered to teach aria how to crochet or knit and so you know we're looking at like this is just going to be a totally new kind of how many how many unusual skills and things that we don't usually get to do with our daughter can we do how many home projects can we take on because we're you know and how much cooking because we're not and uh, we're not going out to eat um, we recognize we're really concerned about hourly wage earners my brother who is a musician he's looking at potentially up to six months of no work right yeah. and that's really scary and so how can we from our place of privilege provide as much support to people who are in that kind of a position um but at the same time as keep ourselves uh safe and healthy and not become carriers yeah. so it's a like it it it's despite the fact that both david and i work from home already this is a seismic change for us and there's so many ways in which it's scary and uncertain yeah. Okay. Well, I have a lot of questions about that, but I'm going to have anxiety talk about her situation and then we will definitely get back to all of the probably commonalities yeah. that might be happening here. So yeah. Good way. Uh, so from my end, I basically say that I have two full-time jobs, not one part-time job because streaming takes up a lot of time. And one is I have a nine to five where I'm a, uh, I'm a 
project manager and medical editor for a medical publishing company. Uh, and then on the other side, I'm a live streamer with a mental health talk show that requires research and, and uh, like enough background information to be able to present uh, you know, information properly, the things that I'm talking about. So I'll talk about both sides of that. So uh, on one end, on my nine to five, I was actually terrified uh, because they were talking about the fact that they didn't want us to work from home. They were insisting that we shouldn't work from home. And I don't have proof of this. Uh, like I don't have any, uh, any, any tangible proof of what I'm about to say, but our, somebody very high up in my company apparently asked for our HR person to come down and say that, uh, if you are over 65, please start working from home. If you are not over 65, too bad. Childcare is not their problem. So if your children are working from home, like that's their issue. And then somebody brought up, well, you know, I might have my parents who are over 65 watching my children and then I'm immunocompromised, like I'm compromising them. Yeah. And uh, the literal words that were passed down to us, so this might be a game of telephone, was that's not their problem. And we should, quote, maybe avoid visiting your parents for about two weeks. So we did not get a very, and we are, I should back up, we are 100% capable of working from home. My entire job from paying invoices to talking to like four different people a day that I need to, to continue pro getting projects moving, all of it can be done remotely. I do not need to be in the office for 99% of it. And the 1% is just, it would be nice if I was there in person because it would be faster to talk to me. Uh -huh. Right. Like, well, like a lot of, like a lot of remote first jobs, like, okay, yeah, it would be great if we were all in the office, but we're n not necessary at all. There's a lot of, all the technology infrastructure is in place. Like my, my phone, I don't have a desk phone. My phone is through my computer. My all, everything is Google, everything's Gmail. So like, again, nothing at all is preventing me. So we, there was an uproar and people uh, may have written to newspapers, but again, we didn't have solid proof. Like there's no recording. So um, yeah. And as of today, and I, again, this is a medical publisher, so they should have known better. And I think that's why people were exceptionally upset. Mm -hmm. But as of today, they said that everybody's working from home except managers coming in for the next 48 hours. And then after the next 48 hours, uh, they will also be working from home. But for 48 hours, they have to create an action plan. And I was like, the action plan is that we all work from home. So I, <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad for like my department. Like I feel bad my boss has to continue going in so that he could be like, yep, my Yep, my employees are sure going to work from home. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, that's the nine to five. And that is, I'm in a very stressful time right now. There's a lot of projects in a crunch, like in a cr crunch type period right now. So, so that part's been, that's been very stressful. And definitely having to separate that. Like, it's very interesting because I literally have a physical separation, right, from my nine to five where I go into an office and I go buy lunch and I, you know, it's, you know, all that stuff that involves that. And then I come home and I have my stream and everything that's involved with that and the research. So it's a physical separation that I'm no longer going to have. Everything's going to happen at this desk. And so, like, that is a little bit of an adjustment. I wouldn't put that in a category of, like, very difficult things to deal with, but it's definitely going to be a little bit of something to kick around. Um, then in terms of the 
the, the streaming aspect of it. There's also another aspect I just remember, sorry. I will get to it. Uh, but the streaming aspect of it is balancing, trying to balance information. So I have a bunch of, so again, mental health advocate. I have a bunch of really panicked, full of anxiety and depression <laughs> and all kinds of things. People in my community coming in and being like, I need your information. Wait, that's too much information. Wait, I need to know these things so I feel better. Wait, no, I, I, I don't want to hear about it. I need to relax right now. And so balancing that has been a challenge on top of everything that's going on with the nine to five. And then to add, to, to add just a few things peppered in in my personal life, uh, number one, we are in the... We started the process of selling our condo and buying a new house before everything exploded. So, but now we had put an offer down on a house two weeks ago. So right before things got, like we literally did it before we went to PAX. And if y'all remember after PAX East was when people were like, hey, Seattle's under quarantine basically. <laughs> uh, so we were like, the timing on this is great. And so we had two open houses this weekend. So people were coming in through our house and we were, yeah, that face is the one I was making all weekend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we, everything is sanitized. Thank God we, we just stockpile Lysol wipes because we're paranoid people here uh so we just like we have all we had all the cleaning supplies and like everything's cleaned and recleaned and like great like that's all okay and we've calmed ourselves down but um so so that adds to it right and then the last little bit of stress is my husband has OCD and panic disorder I have anxiety, so I have to, all of this is going on, and if anybody's ever sold a house and bought a house. It's a major life change. That's one of the, yeah. one of these lists, I feel like it's one of the top. Yeah, it's like, like top three. Yeah, it's like divorce, yeah. buying a house. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's there. there. Yeah, Plus, so. did you just like launch a book, so are you supposed to tour or something? Yeah, I'm like <laughs> supposedly launched a book. Everything's on hold. I was supposed to be calling like Barnes and Nobles and stuff. That's all on hold. It's all, I'm like, forget about the book. Like for just, that's the last thing. Um, Shameless self-promotion, stay home and read oh, Thank you. Thank It's not self-promotion if you told it first. I'm not, stay home and read your book. Oh, that's true. Oh, oh, that's true. And yeah, everybody stay home, read my book. Well, that explains it. And maybe it'll explain some things to you. People are wondering uh, what, what the explanation is. And you can say you have it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. And so I have anxiety. And so it would have been hard enough to have this like third job basically of home selling and buying on top of it, on top of all this, but having somebody living with anxiety and then my husband living with panic disorder the way he does, it's been, and his, his trigger is uh, emetophobia. So he's terrified of vomiting, which means he's terrified of being oh. sick. Uh, so yeah, so that makes for both of us being like, I'm going to I can't support you right now. Okay. I can't support you either. Uh, like it's a very interesting time in this 11 year old relationship where like, we know we got each other. We got each other's backs. I saw a great tweet recently, which was like this, she's my best friend. I married her because she's the love of my life and she's my soulmate, but we've been in quarantine for a week and I think I might kill her. Like, <laughs> It's that times all the stress that's happening, right? So, and again, like, this would have all been okay without the virus. Like, without the virus, all of this is, t is stressful enough. But to add this on top, just the, like, do we leave the house? Do we not leave the house? There's cases in New Jersey, but not that many. And, like, you walk out of the house and you go and get groceries at Trader Joe's and somebody goes, like, <clears throat> and you're, like, 
<laughs> I can't afford this. Right? I understand nobody can afford to get sick, but I can't. I, like, I have no time. <laughs> don't have to do that. So, no. uh, so that's that's my spiel. I still realize that. Uh, despite all this, like we're definitely more privileged than some and making sure to support like artists, friends. And at the same time, like uh, my community is all online and streaming. And that is probably one of the very few uh, places where your income might not be disrupted. Mm. However, if people are not making money to be able to support you, then it still is no, disrupted. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, um, but so it's, it's a lot. I think I'm saying exactly what everybody else is probably saying, which is, it's just a lot, man. Like, regardless of what's going on in your personal life, it's, it's a lot. And I'm not even, I feel like it could still even be worse. And I can't even imagine that. So kudos to whoever is, is having even, even worse time with like their income and, and, and all that. Like Eve was saying, your brother, like that's, oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Yep. That's it. <laughs> okay. Um, quick summary from me, just because I feel like I might have a couple boxes that might be covered that aren't necessarily, so we can well round ourselves. Um, I work from home normally, so that's not change for me. The change for me is that all the schools are closed here. So my 16 year old will be now home with me for the next 10 days without any, any foreseeable work to be done from the school while they sort of scramble in a similar way that, that they did for you and try to figure out like, what they're going to do with her. Um, my college age child is, child is now driving back nine hours to come back here because her school has been shut down and everyone's been ejected from the campus. So she's got to go to virtual classes, which I don't know that they're set up to do, but they're going to figure it out. And so now they're here in our one living room and dining room, open floor plan, very small place. And <laughs> then my husband is also off of work for the next 30 days and that would be directly behind me um yeah so so fortunately for him he thought ahead like a few days ago and got this like sort of like a we work space where you can go into town and you know you rent like a little room basically and then you can work from there so thinking ahead to the sanity of our family he did this so he will be able to go there uh for now at least um, but the, the thing that's hard is that there are other people that I care about that aren't in town that aren't going to be as easy to go and support or be with, and they're kind of alone. And that's, I think, what's hard, not just, not just the fact of like, I like, I like my routine, like my quiet, like my solitude. And now all of us are basically in one room, like every day, all the time. Um, but because also there's people that you know, you would like to be with that you can't just freely travel around anymore to see and you worry about them. You know, my parents are close by enough, thankfully, that um, I can get to them. My niece is now being watched by them because her daycare just closed. So she's five. Uh, so hopefully my kids will be able to go and help, you know, a little bit with that because I know my parents aren't expecting to like, it's been a long time since they dealt with a five-year-old for a long period of time. <laughs> so this will be fun. But yeah, I mean, that's an hour and a half from where my brother lives. So he's gonna be driving his daughter like an hour and a half to be watched during the day so he can continue to go to work because they are not working from home. So they're all going in like regular with mm. people. But I guess the, you know, the thing is like, I think that even I probably haven't come here is like, 
you're used to working in somewhat like routine, somewhat privacy, and now you're going to have more so for you than me because my children are teenagers and they can amuse themselves. The younger kids are going to be in and out, and and it's not fair to ask like a five year old like like Ava, you know, hey, to just go eight hours and amuse yourself. You know, now you're going to have to try to parent and work and handle a lot of things at once that might not be on people's plates normally. And I suspect, I mean, for me, and and I suspect you guys are in the same boat being a sort of empathetic person, like it feels like so much, like like the whole world feels so heavy right now. Like even if it's not affecting like me personally, I can just feel it like I'm so tired every day. And I'm just like, wow, just it, there's a feeling, it's hard to describe, you know, that's really like dragging you down. So <laughs> your turn. On so that what, note. Yeah, on that note. So there's the standard like, oh, I work from home. This is how can I function, which are for normal situations. But because this is a little unusual, do we have any thoughts on how to, I mean, let's start from work, from the working perspective, and then we'll start mm-hmm. to the mental perspective. Like, do you have any like official thoughts on other than the usual, like, oh, get dressed, you know, pretend like you're going to an office, all that stuff, like how to work from home, you know, in a way that's now different for people. Mm -hmm. Jump in as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it it is, you really, you need to create a sense that you have a space, even if it's just like a corner, (laughs) but that's your workspace and that's where you do your work. And, um, And you have hours when you work and hours when you don't work that you shut things down. I have a kind of ceremony at the end of my work day where I um, either put my computer to sleep or shut it down and I turn my, my circuit breaker off and I unplug my mic and I walk away. Okay. And that's kind of, that's my signal that I'm done with the work day. And yes, you know, I'm an executive director. My, you know, the, the, sometimes, especially now we're doing crisis response work in terms of trying to get things moving. And so there are times outside of those work hours when I need to be responsive, but I, um, I set up, do not disturb on my phone on the weekends and Mm. at night. Um, you know, I have great digital well-being tools. So I'm really, I try to keep those boundaries really clear. Um, that is going to change tomorrow morning when my daughter is, is, um, home, you know, and, and my husband works, he doesn't work in the house. He works in our, uh, we have this lovely barn in our backyard that he works from. And so um, there's this physical proximity issue that we're going to have to deal with. And there's going to be a lot more interruptions and a lot more fluidity. And what one of the things that we've done is, is talked explicitly among my husband and I of there are times when he's going to be primary parent and times when I'm going to be primary parent so that we have time because I'm also an introvert. I need time alone. I need time that's quiet. Um, and, um, and time when she can leave the house or be with friends that I don't have to worry about. Cause at nine, she's old enough to play with her friends without me having to really worry about her. Gotcha. Right. Even in the house. And so there are ways in which we, uh, can create, you, you know, you kind of create artificial barriers and separations because boundaries are always important. Good boundaries are always important. They're even more important in this kind of a situation. Right. Um, so, uh, so there's that, there's also a lot of checking in, (laughs) right. I, uh, I've got a, I've got a WhatsApp thread with a bunch of local friends here and we're all just staying in touch because we're all working from home and we're all, you know, all social distancing. And this is our way of like, 
we had a Zoom dinner call the other night. Oh. Um, so there are ways to create interaction and 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 uh, and create uh, a sense of togetherness mm-hmm. even without being together, um, and that's some of what we've tried deliberately to do. Yeah, and the other is getting outside. Yeah. We're fortunate, I mean, if, if it can be said, that this is at least a time of year where there is a possibility to go out for those of us mm-hmm. not on the beautiful mm-hmm. West Coast, um, you know, where it's not snowy and, and things are getting warmer. Because if this is in December, oh, that would have been so tragic. Be yeah, yeah, I mean, we just, had a, we just had a time change. You know, the days are getting longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is allergy season for me, but, um, you know, it was gorgeous sunny day today here. And I was, I just was so happy to be out with my dog. Um, so going outside is not dangerous, especially if you're not in a crowd, right? Mm. Right. There's, there's a, um, you know, go take a walk. You can take a walk anywhere. It's free and it's not going to get you sick unless you're, you know, like getting coughed on by somebody. Right. So, so try to do that as much as possible. Cool. What about you, Ray? Your, your, your worlds have meshed together. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like you, my husband's desk is right there. Mm. Uh, And where we live, getting like a workstation is not necessarily, like Jersey is not necessarily the place you would do, like he would have to drive somewhere to do that. I'm in Jersey. We're going to talk. (laughs) We're going to talk. I I didn't know that you were close to me either. Uh, So yeah, so his desk is right to the left of me, which has been challenging. Like we've had the challenge on our best days where I've been like, yay, I'm taking a day off so I can record a bunch of podcasts and videos and stuff. And he's like, uh, (laughs) I still have to do not that. So, uh, so physically separating the space as much as I can has been, uh, is going to be the name of the game. And that is how we've solved the problem in the past. When I have been able, when I've had had to work from home, I have a laptop for my work and a desktop for my computer. So physically creating, physically creating a mental barrier between all of the things. So saying like, now I'm going to go to my desktop and do all the things on my desktop that I need to do. That could get interrupted also if I need a second monitor on my laptop, but we're not going to think about that right now. <laughs> but, uh, but when I, as I have the laptop, like I can work in the kitchen, I can work, we have a, a little like breakfast bar, I can work there. And if I have to take a call, taking it separately. So just creating that physical space as, as much as possible. And the other thing, uh, you know, they say like, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. So, uh, and I'm a project manager. (laughs) People, I think other project managers say that, which is not saying a lot. Uh, It's, it's just keeping sanity while you're, uh, while your time management is like this. Okay. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, so right now that's been super, super crucial. And I get very, very project managementy about my like I have to. That's the only way that I can do streaming and and what I do uh, separately. But to kind of do that and schedule in free time, mm-hmm. it has been. And I say free time because it's still loosely, you know. But that has been crucial. And um, to do that, to do that, like one of the things that we did. So today we had an open house. So what we tried to do is do everything distracting, 
take advantage of that. We went out, right? We were outside. We went and washed the dog. We played. We like run, ran around after geese with the dog, like just kind of trying to do everything that would keep our minds off of it and trying to keep like house talk and everything away, kind of being like, hey, listen, it's an open house and we're terrified that we're going to come in and we're going to have an infested germ virus infested home. But in the meantime, in these three hours where the only thing we can control is how we enjoy these three hours, like these three hours are a gift to us to try to recuperate some of our mental health where the only thing we can do is not try not to focus on everything going on and just enjoy that moment, right? Be like, we are literally on a timer for having a good time. So let's make sure we have a good time and taking that separation. Uh, and then again, like, and I think if you might agree with me, just having a dog in general that like they require a walk, they require you to move that. And I'm sure kid, you know, kids do as well. But, uh, like if to a child you can explain like okay I need you for an hour maybe to play if a dog needs to go out and pee he can't be like can you sit for an hour like they don't comprehend that so kind of having him as that force like you are getting up and leaving right now because this is what you have to do like as annoyed as I get at that yes as annoyed as I get at that when I'm like in the middle of working and I'm in it and all that like it's it's a blessing in disguise because I'm, I'm forced to step away uh -oh. and there's nothing I could enjoying, you know, that like 10 minutes that I have of just doing that, or I'm just like wasting the few, very little time I have. So yeah. So separating as much as you can, uh, like, like you said, like making sure your space is the specific space, even if it's just a corner and then kind of, really organizing, organizing your time better, being on top of it. I find, so again, I can pull out all my project management stops. People, uh, people work on block schedules, which I find super, super helpful. So what block schedules are, are a lot of people are like, well, I can't only do X for 30 minutes. Like I don't like being stuck in a time crunch. So block schedules allow you to be able to say like, in this time, I'll be probably doing this. In this time, I'll be probably doing this. And then you take that block and you move it as necessary. And you can do that like a week out of schedule. So you schedule out your, your you schedule everything out in like hours, blocks of time. And then you can physically, if you do it in an Excel doc, you can physically move those cells around. So you could see, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And for me, visually having that representation that usually suits me like having a lot to do and having a lot going on and having these little blocks that I can move around feels like I'm controlling the moment a little bit more mm -hmm. in terms of empathizing with the world and being like everybody's having a hard time which means I'm having a hard time for everybody on this planet who are having a hard time in terms of that that's again like for me, it's just distraction, distraction, distraction. So can I sit down for like three minutes and read a magazine? Sometimes not. Like I've literally had to like sit down and read a magazine while I'm eating so that I'm not, because if I'm eating, I'm thinking about all the things that are happening. So I have to like distract myself with something that where the stakes are super low. So Frozen 2 is on Disney Plus early. I'm just saying... I've been watching that, <laughs> like anything, yeah, anything and everything to, to separate things out and distract, distract, distract. Yeah, I've been reading a lot, a uh, mm -hmm. ton, and uh, that's been really important. 
it's just like I, I need something that will that will take me totally out of the situation. Um, you know, watching things is fine. Playing games is good. Um, playing games online with people is good because then you you have a sense of connection. Um, that's you know, online games are really good at that. If you can play something with friends, yeah, all of those ways to really get your head out of it is totally awesome. I'm gonna be again shamelessly plugging. Watch, find a streamer that you like. Yeah, because yeah. that is like, if you're not into, I'm not, I don't think anybody watching this is not going to be into games, but maybe you're like, listen, I've played through every game and like, I'm bored of my library for now. Go and like, hang out in a group of people who are literally with somebody in charge who's there to entertain you for, you know, two, three hour chunks of a time. And they're going to lead the charge and you just have to like sit there and enjoy it. Or you can participate in this conversation that's happening and it is happening. Like it's like a passive way to continue, uh, again, holding those conversations and, and feeling social and everything like live streaming right now, I feel like is, is really, really clutch for an extension of what Eva was saying. Totally. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. Cause it's built in community too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Awesome. I mean, I love to watch like live streamers of people making crafts. Like it doesn't have to be gaming. It can be right. <laughs> that's, so That's also very true. Or like people, it blows my mind when people do their makeup really well. Like, oh my God. I could watch that. Yeah. As someone who doesn't wear makeup and has no skill. Yes. <laughs> just, but just watching that, like, I thought I was decent at makeup. I'm like, I can do an eyeliner from first try. I'm a genius. Right. <laughs> And then you go into these streams and there's women like turning, transforming themselves into the cosmos. And you're like, what? That's so cool. And there's people talking to them and there's community happening at the same time. Like it is the definition of creativity and watching it blossom is really. And that, um, that's a great thing right now for kids to do is to find stuff online that will teach them how to. So we're, we're doing a lot of that is how do we find um, opportunities for Aria to do? Because she's not going to have you know, traditional school for this period of time. Right. We can't replicate that. And, uh, and in some ways, you know, it's impossible to. And so, yeah, like crafts online um, and tutorials online, all that kind of stuff is awesome. Uh, yeah. Is it, it, it's, uh, it's, there's an almost infinite variation yeah. and variety. Yeah. Here was something I was thinking about and like, it's got two facets. One of which is, Hey, gaming, has been doing this for ages. Like we've been mm -hmm. live streaming games, we've been live streaming content for ages. I don't, I mean, there's WebEx and things like this, but I wonder if schools have the understanding of how simple it would be to throw some overlays up and jump on Twitch. And like, yes, I get your classroom is now public and maybe you didn't want people to see, you know, history, <laughs> history 102, but still like there are so many ways that it could be very simple for schools to just you know, do this and just share screen and have like a small overlay and something they, like that. They started doing that um, the, in, the, at, in one of the local school districts. Yeah. And then um, they were working really hard to figure out equity. So access uh, both uh, to mm -hmm. internet and to devices. And okay. the state, and this is a really interesting dynamic because it, it's, it's really nuanced and, and complicated. The state uh, superintendent's office actually asked them to stop because there wasn't equity. They had not been mm. able to, they said only if you were able to ensure that every student has access in the right way. 
Uh, can okay. you do this? Because otherwise you're going to create an, a greater equity gap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's really frustrating to most parents who have access, but we forget from our place of privilege how devastating it is for a kid to suddenly be, you know, two, three, or in our cases, six weeks behind because they don't have access. Um, and so, so it's pretty complicated to try and figure out what do you do there? You know, yeah. you need well, ours also we work from iPads. Like I don't know if how your school district works, but they issue every child an iPad, and that's not really conducive to a lot of the programs that you would use. Like yeah, we you know. the, our district um, starting in fourth or fifth grade has laptops for every kid, netbooks for every kid, which is great. But below that, they below that grade level, they don't necessarily have that. Mm -hmm. And um, and not every every household has unlimited internet or high speed of internet. Course to support the kind of video conferencing that they need to do to actually offer instruction. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a complicated and not great situation. And the, right now they're focused on how do we make sure that kids still have access to, to meals, subsidized meals, mm. the free and reduced price breakfast and lunch, because that's a major, that's a major thing that kids don't have access mm -hmm. to if they're not in school. Um, and it's a major cost uh, to parents. And how do they provide childcare to kids whose parents work in healthcare? Because if right. your parent is works in a hospital, there it's all hands on deck. There, mm -hmm. you know, our local hospital, Evergreen, is the hospital that is at the center of this epidemic. Here, um, it's the one that's been in the news. It's where the people from the Life Care Center went, um, and where most of the deaths have been. Okay, and so. And we know people who work there and it's a very stressful time and they're, you know, they don't have any choice. So, um, so it's like, it's, it's like, yeah, the technology is there, but we still have equity issues. Yeah. Um, really sucks. Yeah. That it sucks. sucks. Yeah. It's I so used to work for, uh, I used to work for Pearson like 10 years ago now. Oh God. Yeah. But yeah, 10 years ago now, and they were already handing out kids iPads and they like had all these tools. So to know yeah. that there's still parts, parts in the country where there's still not that equality, like that blows, that's terrible. And but then, and, you, yeah. I mean, I live, I live um, in, in the ba backyard of Microsoft and Amazon in, in a upper middle class community. Microsoft, are you listening? Come on. This is a great opportunity. <laughs> I, you know, and, and like, we know these things and we forget them because we live in these communities where almost everybody, but not everybody has access. Yeah. And it's so yeah. easy to forget. Yeah. It's so easy to forget. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, but Dr. Kelly Dunlap, who, uh, you know, like her students are, she is going to be conducting a class on Mixer next week. And I'm like, when do I, when do when can I, I come on? Going to awesome. She knows yeah. so well. Like I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm watching that. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> sorry. I get a free access to like her, like her state school. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So I'm going to be watching that. But like in that case, that's very different because those are college kids and yeah. like they have to have laptops and internet, like they were going to be doing that anyway. So, but like, hell yeah, it's going to be the fact that it, like, we're going to have public knowledge actually publicly accessible. That's, that's kind of cool. Like now is a great opportunity to learn stuff. There was like this really silly tweet that I saw that was like, Einstein invented something while in isolation and Shakespeare wrote King Lear while in quarantine. And like, 
you'll figure out how to unmute yourself on Zoom while in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, yeah, and there was a response to that tweet, which was, and they didn't have to provide childcare. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Yeah, that's a really good one. That's a really really good one. Yeah, it's, um, I just, I want to acknowledge that, like, this is good. This is hard and it's complicated. And people are not, the other thing is, especially if you have kids at home or if you have an, a, a, um, a situation at home that, that is, is, you know, busy or complicated in some way, uh, you're not going to be as productive as you are at work. Of course. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Yeah. One, you are not alone in that. And two, uh, it is what it is. Like this is, this is going to change the way you do work for a little while and you, and, and, and don't, and it's, and it's okay to, to recognize that and to see it happening and to acknowledge it because there is nothing normal about this situation. (laughs) I'm not, I don't have kids and I am not like, I know I'm going to be beating myself up over a loss of productivity just because of like, change and what's happening and everything. So I can only imagine what that's like when there's literally another person depending on you to entertain them and yeah, so. Feed them. I mean, just just right. the amount of energy that goes into feeding my child. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't, again, I barely feed myself. I feel like you're like a national hero right now. I understand. I, I understand people child. are mothers. You have one child. Right. Some people have like multiple. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 I think this yeah. is an opportunity though. Like for me in some ways I'm looking at it like that because I'm the person that, I mean, Marina knows this, like you work in community. There is no boundary. Yeah. I mean, there just isn't like, it's not like I can turn my computer off because there's never a time that that happens. So for me, I'm like, Oh, I have to get up at this time now every day and I have to make breakfast for multiple people. I cannot sit around in my PJs and then at noon realize I haven't eaten breakfast and shove something into my face while in the middle of my fourth meeting today. That is not possible. So for me, like this is going to provide a weird amount of structure that I'm not used to, which might actually end up being better for me Mm. because Mm. now it's like, okay, well I have to take an hour lunch break to feed the kids and, you know, like spend time with them instead of just being like, "Eh," you know, now I have to. Are we all going to learn work-life balance? Is I that- might. I might have. <laughs> Community <laughs> managers learn work-life balance 2020. We might. Yeah, it might be oh good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was fascinating to me when I was out today um, walking my dog. Um, I mean, one, it was a beautiful day. And in Seattle, if it's sunny, like everybody goes outside. <laughs> oh my God, it's sunny. Right. But, um, you know, everybody was home. There was just a lot of activity and everybody was in their front yards or doing things or, you know, their garages were open. And I just, I realized that people have had to reorient towards their homes in a really different way. And, um, you know, you can take that as an opportunity. Like, know your neighbors. I don't even know who my neighbors are. I live, I share a wall with them and I do not know who my neighbors are. Like, no. So this is a weird, like, throwback to the 1950s where we're all going to stand outside our fences going, hmm. Yeah, the weather. Mm. That actually, that happened during Sandy. The whole, like literally we walked outside. It was so funny. And like my husband's father, because I was staying with them at the time. And my husband's father was standing with two of his neighbors. And I swear to God, it was the king of the hill scene. Like verbatim where they were like all drinking beer and going, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm. And we were, we like walked back into the house. We were like, oh my God, I can't. 
So it's, yeah, it's, it's real. The only other time I've seen something like that again was like Pokemon Go launch. This, but it was, it was really, there's something about it that's like good. Maybe we can reconnect, but then there's the other side of it, which I like can't stop thinking about also is like people in domestic violence situations where they can't leave and there there's there's like hotlines and stuff set up for those specific people to try to get them to a place where they can still be safe and like that stuff is another thing where like I didn't always have a home where I wanted to be all the time so I'm very grateful that like as much as I joke that like ah I'm spending time with my husband like I love spending time with my husband. Some people, some people don't have that privilege and that's, that's also very unfortunate. Yeah. So, but everybody's. Yeah. People like in, if you're in that kind of a situation, it's still okay to leave right now. Right. Yeah. You're yes. not quarantined yes. from making, you know, smart choices for yourself. Right. Right. Yes. You know, if you're right. sick or if you are in danger, this is still the time to get out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah that's a really good point. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to say also that I did read, it's interesting that talking about sort of this coming together of people and things like that, I did read that um, a lot of museums are sharing virtual tours that they have already built in on their website so that your kids can have things to do. And also, um, I think it's the Metropolitan Opera is going to be allowing like their shows to be streamed so that because people aren't coming so you can watch like live while they do. Mm, like, opera, that's pretty amazing. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, a really lot of really arts amazing. organizations are struggling, but if, you know, large institutions like the Metropolitan Opera, <laughs> uh, they can probably figure out how to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, if we really need cool. to take that's this really channel, fun. like a streaming channel where just host, what we need is Bob Ross to come back. We need like, we need Bob Ross or we need like Mr. Rogers in this time of crisis that we can just watch all day long on like a marathon. I think Twitch still has a 24-hour Bob Ross channel, if I'm not mistaken. Do they still? I think they do. I think it's like its own. It used to be streamed on like Twitch.tv, but I think it's its own. It's its own own thing, if I'm not. We're just 24-hour videos of Bob Ross. You're giving me a great idea, I think, because I was thinking like, what am I going to stream on Tuesday? Because we talked COVID on Thursday and it was literally like after 40 minutes I saw people were like this is this is too heavy this is too yeah. much so yeah. I'm that's a really because I have I have paints I have an easel I have every I might do a Bob Ross stream I think you should paint oh, people chill out damn trees I want I'm gonna paint the happiest damn trees you've ever seen <laughs> See? I like that idea yeah I'm, I'm gonna do it I'm gonna yeah. do it I'm gonna do talk that. to the community and, and I'm gonna do that I think yeah, mm-hmm. I might do. Um, I make little like dragons, like oh, frogs and dragons and weird little <gasps> like that's so yeah. cute. <laughs> like, I, might, I don't know what sound I just made, but that's like, really cute. Is that clay? Yeah, make, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dog so cute. A bunch for her birthday, and it was trying it today. She saw the dragon. She was like, "Oh, I want to make that. That's really hard." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "No, it's not hard. It's not hard." I mean, my kids make it, and sometimes they're more recognizable than others, even though they're teenagers. But, you know, just as Bob Ross says, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> make your own little tree. So you can make your own little clay thing. Do something like that. That's awesome. She made really she good. made an um, ice cream cone and a hamburger and mm. a – what was the third thing she made? Crap. Forget. Something else. Today. We'll and it was – yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. So – I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Yeah. Good idea. Okay. Good idea. Yeah. So how like do you think do relationships are going to change that are good? Like 
I mean, not good things necessarily, but let's say a relationship adjacent, right? But it's going to change because now you're in a confined space together over a period of time in times of the day that you're not normally together. What are recommendations on how to sort of get through that in a way that keeps your relationship positive and doesn't make you just not want to see each other like at all? Uh, I was going to say, so there's this really beautiful story I think that's called The Blackout by Jupa Lahiri. And it's uh, it's like part of her compilation of essays. And it talks about the fact that like there was this couple and they realized like they're, it's dark and they have nothing else to do but like at candlelight basically stare at each other. And that's the moment where they have like their most difficult conversation and they end up being like, okay, we're going to split. Not what I'm saying I want to happen, but <laughs> it's a beautiful- that, It's over. It's over. It's, it's a beautiful story because I think these are wonderful moments to, again, like we were saying, connect with people in a way that we have not in a long time and we might even owe each other. Like I recognize because like we're so stressed and like in different levels and trying not to take it out on each other, we kind of both internalized it like separately with my husband. And I feel like like we've been taking little moments and be like, can you actually, I realize you've been sitting on that couch. Can you? you come and sit next to me? Cause like, we're both in this together. We don't have to keep six feet apart. Cause like, and, and making those little, little changes and making those like, I think we could take these opportunities to connect further, whether that's like, maybe like, I, I mean, I don't know, like, like my husband plays some games that I've never played. Like he's playing Dauntless right now. Maybe this will be the opportunity where I freaking try to play Dauntless. Also Animal Crossing is coming out. He's going to visit my island. Things are going <laughs> to change from there. <laughs> Globally, nine months later, so many children. <laughs> That's what they, that was, I just saw that. They're, and they called them, they called them quarantineagers. Oh In God, 2033, God. they're going to be called quarantineagers. And I died. I died. <laughs> yeah. I Wait, quarantini, which I thought was good, but quarantineagers, I love that. What's 40 weeks from now? Where are uh, we? It's, look at the date. Uh, it's March. September? Yeah. Wait, no. Yeah, no. September. No, December. 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 Oh. oh, Christmas babies. Oh my gosh. That was, there's a bunch of Sandy babies. That's like, that yeah. was a big thing when after Hurricane Sandy, oh, New yeah. Jersey, there's a huge uptake in, in uh, pregnancies. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, this is a time to, to rediscover intimacy, right? To, but, but also to not force it. Um, yeah, that's that true. It can be scary, right? That, you know, it, it can be hard. It can be to be forced into that. So, yeah, but yourself, I, like the space to figure it out, but also to recognize it as an opportunity. But I also feel like, like it's scary, but not a lot of people will have that conversation. I feel like now is the time, the conversation about like, how are you feeling right now? I feel scared. Mm -hmm. You feel scared. I feel scared. Let's talk about how we both feel scared. How often do you have time to have that conversation? Otherwise, mm -hmm. we're both anxious. I'm also okay. Let's talk about how we're both anxious. How we can work that. Like you just everybody just kind of runs and deals with it and deals with it and runs and runs and runs. And you have this time to take a pause, maybe. And yeah. So yeah. I it is it is scary, but it might be the right moment to also like embrace that fear, maybe. Yeah. Well, one of the hard. things we had to do was um, we had to figure out what how how much do we need for our own sense of safety 
to self-quarantine? Like what's mm. the level of self-quarantine that we're going to do? Because right as this all happened, we had my daughter's birthday party here in the house. Uh, and mm. right, like that was complicated. And so we had to set some parameters around that. And, 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 and I was, we were a little uncomfortable about how to do it and, and what it meant in terms of interacting with people. And so um, using that as a jumping off point, like what, how do we feel? Are we being explicit about what we're doing? And how does that make us, uh, feel? Do, it, do we feel safer? Are there ways in which we want to adjust our response, you know, and uh, use that as a way to, um, to communicate, to, to, to walk into com better communication, right, or to more intense communication about, um, uh, or more intimacy, uh, because it, it it's, um, we're, our feelings and our exposure to like new information is changing all the time mm -hmm. and our comfort mm -hmm. with it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's also going to change on a daily basis, how we feel. And we want to be able to have, continue to have that conversation. It's not one that's going to happen once at all. It's yeah. hard to explain, I think, to younger people too. Like my girls are, are like, why are we doing this? Like, we're going to be fine. Oh, well. Yeah. You know, if I get sick, I'm, I'm going to be okay. And I'm, I'm trying to explain that it's not really about you. You're going to be fine. It's about people that you're going to infect and they're going to infect other people. And then, you know, this is like, think about you know, your grandparents are in the proper age that they could, if something bad could happen to them or, you know, it's more about like caring for other people. And that's kind of hard, I think, for some younger kids, like not my kids, they should know, but younger kids, like, you know, this isn't necessarily about you. You're, you're going to be fine. Don't be afraid for yourself because you don't want them to be like, Oh, I'm going to die, you know, but at the same right. time, like this is about everybody's health and, and how do you convey that your inconvenience is, is less important than somebody else's, you know, long-term health. Yeah. Genesee, you make a really good point. Cause, um, my daughter has anxiety has generalized anxiety. And so, we have had to manage that really carefully and it's hard because we can say pretty clearly that kids don't get sick from this so you are not in mortal danger and probably your mom and dad aren't going to get sick because we're not above 60 or and um and so we're the three of us are going to be okay mm -hmm. right but then we have to be honest with her that her grandparents are in risk categories and what does that mean right and um and so how do you create a sense of urgency around protection and careful carefulness without creating anxiety in a kid mm -hmm. and um one of the ways we've had to do that is to be very clear matter of fact about the potential risk but also to to reassure, to, to be very, also very consistent in a message of we're doing this because we, we're going to avoid the worst, right? We are doing this as protection and as anticipation of, um, of what could go wrong if we didn't. Mm. Yeah. And reminding ourselves that we are taking care of our whole community, which is not a value we have really strongly in the US, but like this is the time when we are taking care of ourselves and our communities together. Yeah, it's yeah. a very good point. I think a lot of people need to be reminded of that. 
like mm-hmm. just just a whole community because we are we are very individualistic and it, like again i've seen a lot of tweets i've seen people in my community be like just dumbfounded by the fact that we're not taking basic precautions in the name of community and i was like because those things need to be they're not given to us based on just how we socialize so those need to be explained to us and then like it, it's not a given it's not part of how we already talk and so that's kind of like blown some people's minds in other countries and that's not to say like i don't love the country i live in or anything i don't want anybody saying it's like thinking or saying anything it's just more of a, like this is how it is and this is what we, how we need to redirect that so that we can comprehend yeah. what the better good like there's the better good and then there's like the the world's better good right yeah and it's like one of the ways to frame it is also for people who who because it is it's a it's just a really strong cultural norm here that mm-hmm. we're very individualistic and 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 that has good and bad parts to it as you say mm-hmm. right but um is to frame it as if we transmit the virus even if we don't get sick we can transmit the virus and if we do and we cause lots of people to end up hospitalized then our hospitals are not able to care for people who are truly sick mm-hmm. yeah that's right? a good point too. Yeah. it's got a yeah. real ricochet effect yeah it mm-hmm. is it's like what we are trying to do is not keep ourselves healthy but to prevent our our healthcare system which doesn't have extra capacity mm-hmm. in general prevent it from collapsing. Yeah. Cause we all need that healthcare system period mm-hmm. full stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we need some kind of healthcare system. Like, yeah. Like even my parents who were in their seventies, I've had to really like work hard to get them to, why don't you just put us somewhere away from you all and then we'll be fine. And you just continue with your lives and get sick. Like well, <laughs> that's sweet of you, but that's not really how it works. And you know, this, is a, this is like a joke. You guys are overreacting. I'm like, no, look at the toilet paper. It's not a joke. Like, and then, you know, slowly it creeps up on people like, oh, I went out today and this affected my life and this is real and now it's scary and it wasn't before, you know, it's like the realization kind of sweeping over the nation that this is like actually a pandemic that's really happening and it isn't just an exception from our, you know, millennial selves. (laughs) It is a certain kind of hell to like, I remember like just today I had this, in the middle of we were playing with the dog and everything, I just had this realization of like, this isn't a movie. Like this feels, this feels like one of those dreams where you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I was being chased by zombies. And then like, but I had a gun and I knew how to use it. So that was good. Cause I just <laughs> mowed down the zombies. And like, and then, and then I woke up and like, oh, there's no zombie apocalypse. So like, it's fine. But it feels like one of those bad dreams where you wake up and you're like, oh, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like that's, it's not a bread. Yeah. That's yeah. a real thing happening, right? Like, I don't think our brains are meant to understand that 7 billion people are potentially at danger. Like, I don't, yeah. yeah. Well, how do you help someone who's younger? Like, the college-age people that I'm hearing from are going, like, why did this have to happen in, in my youth? Like, why is this happening to me? Like, it's, like, mm-hmm. personally attacking them. And it's, like, I don't want to invalidate your experience of, like, this is something you will remember. And when you grow up, you will tell your children and your grandchildren, this happened to me. Like, I like to say, the great toilet paper shortage of 2020. <laughs> you lived through it. You're fine. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't, I have to hold myself back from saying, like, your grandparents went to war. Like, 
Yeah. Like there's 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 the older part of me that's just like <laughs> Yeah. I it's hard, I, it's hard to balance yeah. that. Yeah. I, I went I got through SARS and I got through H1N1 was at my college. So like all like I've seen it and it I I like I, I don't want to play the misery Olympics, but like Kitty, you, you could, it's going to get worse. Yeah, Listen, like it's going to keep yeah. happening. It's going to keep happening and it's probably going to get worse because also global warming's coming and you can't just escape that by sitting in your house. But like, okay, kid, like worry about your, why is this happening? Sorry, go ahead. You've you, just sorry. cried. Get out of the I mean, it, basically that's it. You know, I, like I was, I was a few years out of college um, when 9-11 happened and 9-11 was not global, although the travel the travel repercussions were global and then the financial repercussions um, to some degree. And, um, and it felt like, you know, it felt for a period of time like the world was ending. And it was very, I remember I, I was living and working in Boston um, on 9-11 and I was, so that was where one of the planes came from. And so it was, you know, it was a place of high panic. And there was, there was a, um, I, I worked near Prudential Tower, which was one of the, the large towers that was evacuated almost immediately. And I just, I had this, this image of standing in my, in the building where I worked and watching this stream of people walking out of the Prudential Tower and, and towards their homes and towards the train, the T. And, um, and it was terrifying. You know, and I, I walked home because my mom called and was like, don't go on the subway. You know, she was worried that there was going to be some additional attack. And, and, um, and then, you know, hearing um, fighter jets fly over Boston, it was scary. You know, it was, and, and, um, and it felt like a threat and it felt like everything was disturbed, et cetera. But um, like, it, we all moved on, you know, we all even the people who were really deeply affected, who had family members who died, like we all had to rebuild our lives and move on. And it just becomes a part of the way that we live our lives. You know, these things all get woven into the tapestry. And when you're young, you don't realize how much gets woven into your tapestry, right? As you go. You That's don't realize beautiful. the complexity and layers of your life, right? I mean, I could never, here I am at 41, I could never have imagined what my life is is and how many things it includes right now and and how many experiences I've had and so I think um it's just that you know your your life is is never exactly what you expect mm -hmm. and and surprises will always happen and they will happen from the inside you will do things that you didn't expect or didn't want to do you'll make mistakes you didn't want to to make and they will happen from the outside. And they just are. They are what they are. This is, this is what life is. And, on, and it will make your life richer. It may not make it less complicated. It may not make it easy. But it will make your life richer. Right? Yeah. Um, and in 60 years, you'll say, well, I lived through the global pandemic of 2020. You know? Um, but it'll and be that's your first fine. pandemic. Like hopefully the only, but you know, that's when you're that age, like I remember when the challenger blew up, like that was just like, yeah. wow, the universe has ended. But then since then there's been, you know, sad tragedies and other things. And you just become, like you said, it becomes a thread in your tapestry. But the first one I'm sure is, is impactful for them at that age. And absolutely that's what we're hearing now. I think a lot, it's like, yeah. Yeah. 
the, the amount of information we receive, and somebody's done research on this, and I don't have a name, so I probably shouldn't even be mentioning it, but uh, the amount of information we receive, like we live overall statistically in a safer world where there's less deaths over illnesses, where there's less violence than there ever was, like all of the, but that's not what you hear. That's not the information that's out there. And so we definitely, it, it's definitely just hard to continuously take in all these awful events on the scale that they come to us. Mm -hmm. It's not that, like, it's not that they're huge and they're not important, but like, it's not just, hey, there's a pandemic, I got my morning newspaper and then I can go through the rest of my day going, okay, I know what I need to do, but I can do go through the rest of my day. It's everything that I'm looking at. So I'm getting emails from Francesca's dress boutique <laughs> telling me what, what precautions they're taking to make sure that I don't like get infected in their stores. Like I'm not going to their store right now, which is a separate problem, but yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it is, there's a book and I'm trying to remember, I've been told to read it like five times by five okay. different people, but it's a great book that is, it's about this. Hey, actually we think the world is ending, but it's really about mm -hmm. what type of information and how we consume it. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That's, and, and, we might be talking about the same thing. <laughs> I think we are talking about the same thing. And yeah. yeah, and I wish I remembered the name of it. Maybe we can find it and okay. add it to the, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm at laughing. Between the two of us. Everything you said, said is just like a reflection of my life. So I'm just, I'm yeah. laughing when you say No, that. no, yeah, I don't, I'm not <laughs> taking it personally. Not that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, listen, I'm trying to provide comedic relief when I can, because it's, yeah. I'm, I'm a streamer. I don't know. <laughs> this is, this is it. I talk for three hours and hopefully I make a few people laugh. So you're fine. You're good at it. You're good at it. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's, uh, it's easy. It's, uh, this is another piece of advice I have, which is turn off the news and get offline. Oh God. At least once a day, like for a period of the day, however long, I don't know. Cause I know like my job depends on reading the news and report and adding them to reports and like, so, but I, you know, that it's even more important for me to take that 30 minute lunch break and step away from it and like oh, yeah. read about something really dumb. Like maybe I'll go look at dog pictures or I don't know if you all saw again, shameless plug, but I just posted proper, uh, coronavirus, uh, handshaking technique by my dog. And it's my husband, instead of shaking his paw with his hand, he shakes it with his foot. So I'm just saying that stuff exists out there and it helps like reading those memes that like make yeah. fun of it a little bit helps me. Uh, Cause I know people are like, oh, none of it's funny. I'm like, no, some of it's really funny to me. So I'm, I'm okay. Facebook it is all shit posting. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm not shit posting this much. I'm just not on life. Facebook it's enough. I'm thing. just not. It's great. No, yeah. it's Jokes. fantastic. It's good. Yeah, it's like good. Toilet paper, basically. Yep. Yeah. And, and take, you know, we were talking about, uh, uh, like intimacy and time, you know, with yeah. families and all this stuff, like, like you're going to be forced. And I found this too myself because I spend too much time on my phone, too much time online, uh, like everybody else. But I realized I, I, like, I, I need, I, I have to be present for my daughter more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so use that as an opportunity and don't think of it. You have to reframe it. There's no other choice you have. Um, use that as an opportunity to create new dynamics and, and, uh, and as an opportunity to reconnect mm. as opposed to thinking of it as an imposition. Mm. Yeah. No, right? that makes absolute sense. Like this is the chance. They're going to remember this. 
yeah but will they remember it like oh you know we spent some quality time together or will they remember it like my mom was screaming at me because I was interrupting her all day which yeah. I'm speaking to myself here about you right right I mean yeah, this but is that's it. yeah this is it yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. As a as a kid who grew up with her mom screaming at her when things were haywire, I like that a lot. No, that's like yeah. so important yeah. because that is a lot of the like when Sandy happened, a lot of the feelings that I had that stirred up of insecurity were not like I was in a safe space. We had like everything was taken care of. The, our refrigerator was running because my husband's parents had gotten like a generator and I had warm clothes to sleep in, but like the flashbacks to that time of not feeling secure and feeling like everything was falling apart because my parents were acting like it was falling apart mm -hmm. were very, very impactful. So I'm not, sorry, I'm not saying like, no. don't traumatize your daughter, no. but, I, but I am saying like, it, I'm just adding, I just do want to add value to that statement. Like that is, that is really important from a, I think from a, from a kid's, as a, as a traumatized kid, like, yeah, you can mm -hmm. make a huge difference by being like, you know what we can get, like having that memory to hold on to of like, actually, I know I can get through this because I remember going through it before and it was really scary, but also like I got to do these positive things. Like those are way better emotions to associate with these things. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And reframing that as an adult is really good too. Like, Hey, am I going to create positive memories for myself? Like I can reconnect with exactly what you're saying. I can take the time to reconnect with my husband right now and, you know, really enjoy this time that we might not otherwise be afforded, or I can just spend it being anxious and panicked and like not nice to each other. Yeah. 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 So for me, point. like my daughter went to college this year, so I'm still in that like transitional phase of like looking back through my whole life and going, how wrong have I done everything? Like I'm still in that phase where I'm just like, my baby is gone. So I'm at I've kind of learned from that, like, okay, well, my youngest one, I have a few years left, so I'm going to appreciate them because they will end. And, and that isn't something like with your first kid that I think you have time to realize because it's just flying by so fast and you're just trying to like hang on by your nails. But, you know, I realize that now. So for me, like, I want to make sure that I take that time now they're both here to make them feel like we're connecting and we're having like, you know, a good experience in the midst of something bad. But for people, and this is maybe an Eve question, like for people like me, like I have a lot of anxiety, it's very high and I can only do one thing very focused at a time. So I will focus 100% disengage, focus 100% disengage. So people coming at me really makes me snappy and angry and I will tend to lash out because I cannot multitask very well mm. when I'm super anxious. So what would you recommend for people that are like, you know, not my particular situation, but people that also are struggling with like their own mental health stuff. And now they have other people's mental health stuff in their space. And, you know, it's probably not going to always be like a perfect union. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be harder, right? That's part of it. Uh, my first, my, my first impetus and um, you might have a better way of answering this. Uh, but but I what I think about is um, contracting, like being really explicit, you know, uh, um, with people uh, to say, uh, I need this this time. Hmm. I I I can't talk to you for this period of time. 
and you can do something else you can do and you can name it like with my daughter i would be explicit like i will give you this time to watch something on your ipad but i need to not be and then afterwards we can do x together mm-hmm. and like the way you deal with a nine-year-old is maybe a little bit more directive <laughs> but no i think it's i think it's very similar i've literally had that conversation with my husband if you yeah. the couch then you may have this snack later yeah and it, or like Aria, you've got to clean your room. And once you clean your room, you can do X, Y, and Z, right? Mm -hmm. And that gets the room clean. It gets her busy. (laughs) And it gets me time. And then I can reward her with something afterwards, right? Yeah. And is this something that I have solved? No, but that's like, that's my, that's my intention for this coming six weeks is having those really explicit and there's there's a couple of like sample homeschool temporary homeschool schedules running around mm-hmm. among parents right like setting up schedules with your family not just yourself oh no I made that mm-hmm. for my child and she was like I'm 16 I decide what I want basically <laughs> like she said it nicer but that was right. essentially what she said and I was like I'm right but you're also like hey kid you need like I'm still <laughs> you and you don't understand what this is going to do to your own sense of the world like i need the schedule this is for me so i know yeah you also probably are going to need it yeah definitely yeah cool cool. yeah so as a parent not to deprioritize your child but at the same time to understand like i'm doing something also important and it's like you know yeah yeah like i i'm not going to be a good parent if i have to parent 24 7. right Wow. So it's okay. Like Arya's going to watch a little bit more television. And <laughs> you've come to terms does. with this. You've, you've accepted this. And she just is. And yeah. she's going to play a little bit more on her, um, a, a little bit more on her Nintendo, but that's fine. She's on it. She has yeah. a, a switch and a DS cause we're in yes. house. And so that's fair. Everything. But I just like, look, two hours of Heartland is all we can take. I mean, <laughs> we cannot watch seven hours of Heartland today. It's just not going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we we're just trying to find um, find that balance and and recognize that it's not going to look normal. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Good. So what do you I guys mean, think? I mean, this is all new for for you, Marie. It's not work from home, but Eve sounds like you've got that down. I mean, I guess for me, I'm a little concerned that my company might get sort of more strategic about things when we all work from home anyway. I'm hoping like people don't implement tools that are unneeded just in the sake mm. of implementing tools because that's what people do in times of crisis. Yeah, that's interesting. You mean in terms of like tracking hours or- Yeah, or just like or, we all need to be on a Zoom meeting now when we've worked our whole lives for the last like three years never being in a Zoom meeting and don't care to be in a Zoom meeting. You know, <laughs> like, like, like I do not want that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are, I mean, to be honest, there are ways in which um, the isolation of this time requires us to think differently a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. That that face-to-face meetings might actually be useful, not for our productivity, but for our mental health and our cohesion and our sense of focus, right? And Mm -hmm. and does that mean every day? No, hell no. Right. (laughs) But it might be useful, right? It might be a useful sense of connection at a time when uh, th- that feels really loose and un- uncomfortable. So I, I don't wanna dismiss it out of hand. You know, um, it does feel important as a, as a leader, 
as, as the boss, for me to have a little bit more of an eye on my employees' mental health right now. Mm -hmm. um, because I feel responsible to ensure that that's okay, right? And mm -hmm. our and the stress levels are higher at work. Are. And we are yeah. trying to get out, you know, a whole bunch of new materials and resources in the next five yeah. days to our community because they need it. And that's stressful for us. So there are going to be some responses that need to be, you know, slightly more deliberate. Um, but, but they shouldn't be at the expense of our ability to do our work. Right? Like, the more you can, work can, can almost be therapeutic in this kind of a situation because you can do the thing you know you have to do and you know how to do mm -hmm. and you can be confident and that's good. That's an important thing. Like a sense of self-efficacy around work right now is helpful because you don't have a sense of agency or self-efficacy <laughs> about the virus and the, you know, and the yeah. control. control. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 Feeling as the feeling as though you can control. That's the thing that always, I, I come back to like as in a house buying process, you have very little control over other than like, Hey, here's, here's our money. Please, <laughs> please. Can I have your house? You sold yours or how, what's, what is the situation? So ours is we, we, uh, we're closing. We, what is it? So we finished attorney review, meaning we put in an offer for this house and it's contingent on us selling this house. Okay. So then happens. we had two open houses and, Offers are coming in. Okay. Look on so everything. You really right. have to get this done. You can't just postpone this and be like, well, in three weeks when everyone's okay, you'll come see my house. You must do this now. This is Yeah. That was, uh, okay. and that, that was, that was the worst of it is that we had, before we left, we put in an offer and Seattle hadn't happened yet. So we were like, yeah. we're just doing what we planned to do, which was move homes in 2020. Okay. And then everything exploded and our offer was already out there. And okay. like, yeah, it is where it is. And then once the offer was accepted, they're like, well, you're, if you don't sell your house, you can't have this house. So yeah. Okay. So wow. the, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Stuff continue. is in motion. I just to make sure I understood. No, 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 no. But yeah, the, the, just the feeling, those exact things where you're like, I'm in control, but I'm not exactly in control. I like that going back to, I have, uh, I have work like my nine to five is a lot more predictable than my streaming job. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more. So I, I can go into my nine to five and be like, and, and I literally have people that I am in, con in charge of. Mm -hmm. So I, like, I feel more control over the situation, not necessarily over these people, but I can, I can feel more control over this. Like I know what I need to do, what puzzle pieces I need to move to where for them to start for other people to start doing their jobs correctly. Yeah. And that makes me feel like I'm in control of something and something is uh, stable, like continue status quo. Like it's continuing in its course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a very good yeah. soothing feeling. It is. And if you, you know, if you can't get that, if you're not working, if you're not able to work or if your job does feel out of control, there are other ways to feel, to, to, to get that sense of, self-efficacy of being in control. Um, I like to cook, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's good. It's better not to eat out right now, right? So cook, you know, do things that, that where you can have, identify a sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Like I got dinner on the table tonight mm -hmm. or- There's no I learned in my bedroom. Yeah. What? 
there's no piles of laundry in my bedroom. Wouldn't that be a miracle? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I actually, I did that today. I did all did the you? laundry. And I, and I did, I vacuumed the whole house and like, not just vacuumed the whole house, but I, I like got into the underneath things and around oh. things and I put everything up on, on top of chairs and, and like did all the vacuuming. That's yeah. why I said like the houses are the cleanest, even us, like we're neat freaks. And this house has been the cleanest it's ever been. And I don't know that it would have been this way, even if we just had an open house without this happening. I don't think we would have, like we would have cleaned stuff. Right. We like clean stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like underneath the bed getting the, 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 like the piece of wood, the frame, the, yeah. like the, the, the dust box on the frame. Nice. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Don't awesome. you feel better though? That's what I did like last week. And I never clean. Like I just cleaned the whole floor. I like waxed it all. and did everything with all the hardwoods. And I was like, I feel a little better now. Yeah, because yeah. it's a it's a sense of control and achievement that's so totally. immediate. Yeah, totally. Like, and if if the result is a clean house, like, Mazel Tov. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Good. Okay, well, we're getting to the end of the questions that I can come up with. Is there anything you guys think that we should share with those who are now in the same situation and dealing with their own struggles? Dear Lord, can somebody, if some one more person tells me not to panic, I swear. <laughs> Just don't, don't tell me not to be anxious and not to worry about it. I'm not, that doesn't work in a normal situation. It's not working now. Don't tell me not to wear a mask if that makes me feel a sense of security. And if I didn't literally steal it off the face of a doctor, like just let me have my little like comforts that I need to have in order to feel a little bit in control in this very out of control situation. Like, yeah. Just stop telling people how they need to feel. Just, and, I, and that's me telling you how you need to feel. No, <laughs> yeah. That's no, that's telling people how to behave. <laughs> but for like, I need you for like two weeks to not tell me not to panic because I have a very differently amount of, different amount of anger about it now. Because normally I'm like, oh, they don't understand anxiety. Now I'm like, what do you not just leave me alone? <laughs> <laughs> Like, please yeah oh yeah yeah that's a good point yeah um i think instead of saying to people how like don't panic say how are you doing yeah, yeah. you know just well, that that requires a lot of like investment i wouldn't even i would say that that's going really far i would just say like just wish them well if you don't know what to do just be like you know, well wishes. I hope you lots of health. Like just something you don't, because if you're not an animal, I understand if you're not like, that's great advice. I'm not trying to detract no, from no, you. I, but, get it. I totally get it. But if you are not in a place to emotionally offer that support, I don't want you to ask me how I'm doing. Cause I will un. I'm one of those people <laughs> that will unload because again, I get just as an advocate, my job is to sit here for three hours and unload on people so that they feel more comfortable about their own issues so I think everybody does that. So if you're asking me how I'm doing, I'm going to tell you. I'm really stressed out. Like, that of England where they don't want a response. Like, okay, yes. Do <laughs> yeah, don't do, no, just be like, I, I, you know, I see you're really stressed out. I wish you the best. That's it. And walk away. You don't need to give me any advice or any input or tell me to shut up or tell me not to panic. Just walk away. And it's not offensive. You, you wish me well. Okay. So nobody's upset. Yeah. 
<laughs> I clearly have strong feelings. I have to say, having grown up on the East Coast and now living on the West Coast, uh, that's uh -huh. a very East Coast thing to say. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, we're, we're a lot more passive out here. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just smile and nod or say, hey, hope all is well. See ya. Yeah. Elbow bump. Uh, Listen, just tell me that the, uh, to quote Parks and Rec, anytime in doubt, just say, that sucks. You don't have to say anything else. You just say, wow, that sucks. It's true. That's it. And we can all commiserate and feel, it's, it's two words and we can all commit and like, nobody's going to be like, no, this doesn't suck. This is a great time for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> for humanity. Yeah. Humanity <laughs> as a, as a whole. Yeah. 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 Uh, somebody apparently in Trader Joe's told my husband that this is great for our economy. And he was like, what? <laughs> so, so that's happening. I mean, like people are, are trying to find the bright side. That's, and, that's a quite and, silver lining. Yeah. The, the, co the workers at Trader Joe's literally turned to him, uh, so yeah. it was told, and were like, we literally don't have anything to restock the shelves with, so no, but... <laughs> okay, sir, <laughs> like whatever you need to tell yourself in this time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like mine would be, and it ties into that because my best friend works in a grocery store and he's the person at night stocking the shelves. He's the person on the inside telling me that there is no toilet paper because they have not received toilet paper. So I should not go into the store the next day because there is not any. Um, and I think he'll be okay because I assume that they will continue to stock shelves and he'll probably keep his job. But he's also homeless and you know, showers at the gym and has a space that we work and stuff like that. So that's a lot more precarious, you know, and there are plenty of people out there that, you know, don't, aren't lucky enough to, lucky enough to have a place, you know, like wherever this person stays, which I'm not going to say, um, it's going to stay open. So I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there. So saying that, like, I look at that situation, he's fine. There are others who are not so much fine. And I want to just say like, oh, well, I shouldn't feel bad and I shouldn't be upset because there are so many people that have it worse than me. And that's absolutely true. I'm super privileged. I have a really great situation here. But I also think it's only fair to like allow myself to feel that without just invalidating it because someone else is worse off than me. So that's, I think, the struggle that is sort of there for people like on one hand, like, well, you should really pay attention because you're not really that bad off because you should have perspective. And on the other hand, it's okay to feel bad, even though you have perspective that it could totally be worse. You're allowed to feel bad. So it's a weird like dichotomy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, gosh, that there's so many layers to that, but I'll say that you can't do anything for other people if you don't take care of yourself. And that includes physical and mental health. And um, that's the first thing. And the second thing is it's okay to feel exhausted by that, by, the, by compassion and by caring. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also okay to set it aside occasionally. Um, but holding that is a sign of, great compassion and goodness, right? And knowing that it exists, that care, that concern. Um, 
And if you really care a lot about it, vote. <laughs> oh, she said it. She threw it in there. I was going to ask you what yours is, but I think you just said it. Yeah. 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 You know, mm-hmm. this, this exposes a lot of inequality in the world. It does. It does. And it, you can't ignore it. Did you read the, what Norway had written in, the, in one of their emails where mm-hmm. it literally says in countries, uh, thankfully, something, something, something in other countries which are not well equipped, do not have the proper medical infrastructure, such as in the USA. Like it was basically a travel suggestion. Yeah, it was a travel suggestion. Like, don't go to countries where they have really crappy healthcare. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and and it and here it's about access and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, yeah. I uh, may in fact betray, betray my politics, but I don't think they were any. Uh, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I don't think I was sitting here and doubting that. But thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think it was a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. so possibly a seed for systemic change in the future. Not that that would be a wonderful thing to be a seed for, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, anything else before we wrap up? I don't have anything else that uh, I have to Thank ask. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much for for putting this together. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I was yeah, it's a good conversation. A ways, so, if it's a little this selfish was... in my part. <laughs> Yeah, no, this was like really awesome to do this and to hear mm-hmm. this wisdom and and the questions were fantastic, Jensie. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm.